What's up, everybody? It's Zach back here with another episode of Clutch Crew Sports. Today, I'm joined by Nate, and we are going to present our normal stories, top slash topics type of episode. And we've got a couple interesting stories to share between the two of us. So Nate is going to be talking about Tom, Bra- Tom Brady's future decision. Is he going to stay or leave New England? And is the Patriots dynasty over or not? He's going to do his best to give an unbiased take on that, obviously being a Patriots fan. <laughs> but and then I am also going to be talking about some NBA stuff. So it's been a little while since we've talked about the NBA on this podcast, but I'm going to talk about the whole Kevin Love situation going on in Cleveland, plus the news going on with their head coach today, as well as LeBron James and an interesting thing that, that I've observed. But before we're going to start that we have the giveaway wheel to do. So in the last episode, Eric graciously gave away a $25 GameStop gift card to one lucky fan of ours on Twitter. And we only got two people to apply for that giveaway. So it's 50-50 odds. But the two of them, we're going to go over to that wheel and decide the winner. So as you see here, we have Nate Dog in gray and then i see dark down in yellow i'll spin this wheel and whoever lands on is gonna get that 25 dollars GameStop gift card so let's spin the wheel and the winner is icy shark so wow. see here i see shark won the giveaway contact with him i'm assuming him and Eric about how to ship this gift card to him, but congratulations to Icy Chark on winning this gift card. Uh, I did see earlier on Twitter that you were apparently scammed $300 worth of points or something, so Oof. hopefully this... Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's... And he is a Jags fan, obviously. You know, Chark is referring to DJ Chark. You know, I, I'm yeah. happy and uh happy for you to win this and we'll get in contact with you so you can get your prize so thanks for being a fan of the podcast uh we really appreciate it and let's get started with our episode guys so since obviously this uh tom brady patriots dynasty thing is like the number one story in all of sports we are going to start with it first on our topic so nate is going to introduce us to that situation and then give his opinions on it so Nate I'll let you take it away man all right so like Zach said this is pretty much the biggest story in sports right now most like pretty much every time I've turned on you know the tv or gone on twitter the last uh week since Saturday uh since Saturday night's game it's basically been all about you know what's next for Tom Brady what's next for the Patriots all that um, a lot of people have a lot of different takes. Some of them are crazy. Some of them are, um, you know, more realistic. But I'm kind of going to get into all that and what uh, what uh, this season and what Saturday Night's loss means for uh, what I think it means for Tom Brady's future and what I think it means for the future of the uh, Pats for next season and in the future. So um, starting off, I'm just going to start with what's next for Tom Brady. That's probably the biggest piece of this whole issue. Obviously, he's been, uh, him and Bill Belichick have been the cornerstones for their franchise for their entire, you know, 20 or 20, yeah, 20-year 20 run. 
um, of all the NFL championships and wins and all that. He's him and Belichick have been the two main reasons for it. Um, so obviously, if he leaves the Pats, it would be a huge blow. Even though um, he is 42, he's gonna be 43 next season. Obviously, no one's ever played at a high level at that age before. Um, if anyone can do it, I think he can. But um, I think there's a lot of questions this week as to is he going to retire or is he um, going to leave the Patriots? Uh, there was a report that came out, um, a quote from him that said he wasn't going to give um, New England a hometown discount as he kind of has taken team-friendlier deals in the past. You know, he doesn't make the crazy money that you know the Jared Goff and the Aaron Rodgers of the NFL make. Uh, he still makes you know definitely good fair money for a quarterback for the skill, but he takes a little bit less so that they can afford to pay other guys. He said he's not going to do um, that this year, which we'll see what happens, but it sounds like he's going to at least test free agency. Um, he posted Instagram, uh, made an Instagram post, I believe it was two days ago, that said, basically came out and said that he has more to prove. He thanked all the New England fans for their support. Um, thanks to his teammates. Um, but he said he definitely has more to prove. So it sounds like retirement is out of the picture for him. I think he's definitely going to try and come back and play next season. Sounds like, you know, he's going to play until he physically can't anymore, which I think a lot of people will probably laugh at this. They've kind of been laughing at it for a little while, but I do agree with him. He can play till 45 if he wants to. Um, I think I posted a tweet about this a few days ago. You can find it on my um, Twitter, but it was basically just retweeted a video of um, a cut up of some of his best best throws from the season. Which obviously, if you just look at the highlights, that kind of doesn't tell the whole story. He had you know 17 touchdowns to seven or eight picks this year, which isn't great numbers, especially not by his standards. Um, threw for 4,000 yards, which is solid, but Overall, if you watch the games, there was a lot of, you know, missed uh, throws and all that. So it definitely wasn't his best season. But when you look at the highlights, the top-end throws he was able to make, you can see that the velocity, the touch, um, all that is still there with his arm. He still can throw the ball downfield. He can make um, any throw that he's been able to make for the course of his career. And he's really not, he never has been a guy like Aaron Rodgers or Patrick Mahomes that relies on, you know, otherworldly like arm talent and ability to move in the pocket and all that. Um, so the physical skills for me that I think they were never that great to begin with. He always got, you know, was so great because uh, he knows the game so well and he can read defenses and all that, which I think, I think that's, it seems like that's still there. It's just a lot of there's some, been some well documented issues with the receiving corps uh, this season. Um, it looked great coming into the year. Week two, they had went down to Miami with Antonio Brown, Josh Gordon, uh, fully healthy Julian Edelman. Uh, they had Demarius Thomas still at that point. Um, Philip Dorsett looked like he was um, being productive as number four or five receiver. So. They were loaded at that point, and then fast forward to Wild Card Weekend versus Tennessee Titans, and they're trotting out, um, you know, Nikhil Harry, who missed. He was a first-round pick. I think he's definitely got a lot of talent, but he missed, you know, over half the season 
uh, with injuries. They trotted out uh, Jacoby Myers, undrafted free agent. Uh, Julian Edelman's playing through a multitude of injuries. With They really have had no tight end contribution throughout the whole year, which isn't to make excuses um, for Tom and the Patriots. It's definitely stuff they got to address this coming offseason. But I think what I see most when I've, I've watched him this year and I've seen Brady struggle, um, some of that's, you know, he definitely has made mistakes. Every quarterback does. He'll be the first to admit that. He has done so in the past in his interviews. But what I've seen a lot is guys, you know, not running the right route. Uh, I've seen drop passes from a lot of mm-hmm. these unproven guys. And it's hard because for me, as a Patriots fan, I've watched, you know, 99% of their games since I started watching football. And what, why Brady's always been so great is that he's had that just insane timing connection with his receivers that he knows like where they're going to be at, you know, any point in the route, any play. So it's less about him making, like he doesn't make those crazy plays like on the run, like other quarterbacks, because he makes all his plays. Like he knows exactly where the ball is going to be. You know, if this guy's covered, he's going to throw it to, you know, someone else. And he knows exactly where he's going to be. And this year, he just didn't have that. He never looked comfortable in the pocket. Um, the pass protection really wasn't that bad. It wasn't like he was being sacked because um, any of the O-line were too bad. Uh, they were pretty decent. It was just that guys like Jacoby Myers, uh, Nikhil Harry didn't have enough of an understanding of the playbook and what Tom you know, wanted and expected out of them. So he just didn't have that connection with those guys. They tried to bring Muhammad Sanu for some help there, but still coming in midway through a season, it's going to be hard to pick up and pick up the playbook and get on the same page as a guy like Tom Brady, who's such a, you know, perfectionist, like detail oriented guy. So I think, I definitely think Tom still has enough in the tank to play one more year, one or two more years, at least physically, you know, barring an unexpected injury, like an ACL tear or something like that, you know, excluding the, possibility of injury I think he still got it physically I think the Pats need to address the tight end position bring in a real game changer there um maybe bring in one or two players at the receiver position I think the talent's there they just need to the main focus needs to be all throughout this offseason even outside of organized team events you know Tom's got to get these guys um together and just throw on their own, if they want to be successful next year, they just need that connection back. Because I think Nikhil Harry is a big guy. He's a big red zone threat. He's definitely flashed um, a lot of talent. Same thing with Jacoby Myers. Uh, Muhammad Sanu, if he comes back, um, he's been very productive over his career. And obviously, uh, when Edelman's healthy, you see what he can do. So I, I think there's been a lot of overreactions to... I think there are overreactions to... What happened to the Pats this season? I think um, if you watched any of their games this year, like the writing was kind of on the wall. I was very worried about, you know, going against the Titans. A lot of people called it an upset, but um, the way their offense played all year, it really was not very expected to me. Oh, and there's our poll. Um, yeah, I, I brought up the poll here that I put yeah. up. So it, only 12 votes, but. I, it is a pretty big majority saying that he's going to be back with New England. And that's obviously the money question that we're going to talk about, too. Um, right. You know, get your get your take. It sounds like you think he's going to be back with New England now from what you've been saying. But. Yeah, I definitely 
believe so. I'll let you um, yeah. give your take on it, too. Um, but I definitely believe so, just because, to me, like he said he's going to test free agency, which, to me, I don't understand that because, sure, most teams would love to have a guy like Tom Brady, but for him, it doesn't make sense, really, when you look at the teams that need a quarterback, why would you want to go play for a team like Tampa Bay or um who else is looking right now um carolina maybe, like, maybe yeah carolina or you know he's gonna get they have no those teams have battle line play they have um we I mean, don't exactly lack for weapons but you know In, i've heard indianapolis is another yeah place. indianapolis yeah. like they're not awful teams but it's just why would you want to i, I just don't see the logic behind leaving um a team that you've been with for 20 years you've had a by all that anybody can tell, he's had a great working relationship with Belichick and all those, um, Robert Kraft, everybody with that organization, like you're comfortable, you know, you know the playbook inside and out. You'd have to go to a, a new organization that, you know, they got a different playbook. They got different um, ways of doing things. Um, the only uh, – I've heard the San Francisco rumor, which, I mean – makes somewhat sense he's from california like obviously they got a great setup there i think they would definitely been a playoff team if uh philip rivers came through a little bit more for them so i definitely see the logic behind that but still i just i don't know at this point in his career it would kind of be a shock to me to see him leave the only thing that i heard that really kind of piqued my interest in this whole thing is if josh mcdaniels takes a coaching job somewhere as a head coach, maybe in Cleveland. That's the only yeah. thing that I think could get Tom interested enough. If he really is thinking about, because a lot of people say like, oh, he wants to go show that he can win somewhere else. I've heard the same thing about, you know, Bill Belichick possibly leaving. Like, oh, he wants to show that he can do it without Tom Brady. You know, maybe Tom wants to show that he can win a Super Bowl, like, you know, with a some other random team. So the whole, like, if Josh McDaniels takes a job, then maybe I could see him like considering it if he really wants to be a free agent but i i just don't get it i think as someone who's watched the pats this much like i think it'd be very strange to play 20 years somewhere and not you know come back there and on the pats then i think it'd be foolish to not want him back you know give him give him one or two years like he's earned his money you know he's been your quarterback for 20 years i know that's not what uh, Belichick is about, but yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> I think at a certain point, like it's come down to logic, but like, who are you going to get? Um, doesn't matter if you save money, who, who are you going to get that's going to play the quarterback position as effectively for your team next season? Cause Jarrett Stidham's not going to do it. We've seen what he's done in limited action. He's not ready for it, at least not to take him to the playoffs and they're not going to draft somebody who's going to step in, you know, at, with the 23rd pick. So that's kind of my two cents. I think he's not retiring, and he's going to come back to the Pats for one to two more years. So I'm curious to see what uh, your take on the yeah, whole yeah. situation is. I've got, a, a, I've got quite a different take here. Um, obviously, you've watched way more Tom Brady and Patriots football than I have. But to me, the Patri- it, to me, I always thought him and Belichick were, were a pretty good duo up until – the reports about the whole Garoppolo thing came out where it, it was reported that 
he, he wanted to move on from Tom Brady and that Kraft intervened and made Belichick trade uh, Garoppolo away. He wanted to roll with Garoppolo. So I think after that came out, I mean, obviously Brady's, you know, a team guy and everything. He's not going to, he's not going to like sacrifice uh, or he's not going to play bad just so it looks bad for Belichick or anything. But like, I think that relationship got so damaged after that. And I don't think they really had a great relationship to begin with because, you know, Belichick is like, he, he's not a warm figure by any, any means, you know, he's, you know, he's uh, all about what are you doing right now? He, he, he doesn't get sentimental with players. He, his famous line, you know, trade a player a year before, not a year right. late. Um, so I think he, I think Belichick, really doesn't want Brady back and also okay so I'll talk about Brady's perspective first I if I were Brady I think I would retire right now just because I don't know um over the last couple seasons I don't think he's the same Tom Brady I know the weapons have gotten worse but they always said that he was doing more with less you know back in the day and yeah, it might have gotten a little bit worse now. No Gronk, obviously, but to go from that, you know, to barely putting up a couple touchdowns, you know, like scoring 13 points in the last two playoff games that they've had, I just don't think that he's the Tom Brady that we once knew. I I really am gonna compare it to Peyton Manning at the end of his prime. Obviously, he went out winning the Super Bowl, but he wasn't the reason they won the Super Bowl. He was kind of there along for the ride. And I think at this point with Tom and his uh, – I mean, he's got all the money and everything. But mm-hmm. I just think it'd be – for him, legacy-wise, I think it'd be smarter for him to retire than risk coming back and then having another season like last season, the way it ended. But – Right. Now we'll get on, but I don't think he's retiring because of the Instagram post, because of everything he said. I and it got zero percent on the poll. Like I doubt that he's actually yeah. going to retire. So it's, I'm pretty sure he's going to be coming back. But the bigger question is, where does he go? Does he stay with the Patriots or leave elsewhere? And I'm, I actually, I've thought about this pretty hard, but I do think he wants to leave. Um, I think. If he wanted to be back, he would have made it known already. I mean, he's got the kind of power where, you know, if he truly was set on coming back to the Patriots, he wouldn't allow these rumors to circulate. He wouldn't. He doesn't seem like the kind of guy that wants the attention like that. You know, he he doesn't seem like he wants to build this up for drama and then have a press conference where he's got like three hats on the table. You know, like the how the high yeah. school recruits do. <laughs> I don't see him doing right. something like that. So I don't. I don't know what his motivation would be. Uh, is it is he potentially trying to um, to organize a coup to take out Bill Belichick? I don't know. Like you know, <laughs> I don't know. Like these are yeah. some pretty dark theories going on. But I do think him and Belichick have grown so far apart that they don't want to exist anymore. I know Kraft is going to be the mediator. He is probably the biggest influencer for Brady because obviously Brady looks up to him as like a father and everything so Kraft mm-hmm. is is the wild card I think Kraft really he's gonna have to he's gonna have to really sell sell it to Tom for him to come back but I don't know why Tom wouldn't already say he's coming back if he 
truly does plan on coming back. As far as the team he does end up going to, I, I have no idea. I think his, the best situation for him would be Indy because of that offensive line. I mean, at his age, like he needs a really good offensive line. That's probably the best in football. Right. Um, and they've got, they don't have an enormous, they're not like Kansas City with weapons or anything as receivers, but they do have better weapons than what New England's got right now. The defense isn't as good. That's the best thing about the Patriots right now is their defense. They're probably going to bring back in its entirety, and that was the top defense last year. So he's got that going for him in New England. But I, it does, it, it is weird for someone playing at an organization for 20 years and then all of a sudden leaving to another one. Like, it, it just feels weird to me. But I don't know, man. I, I really do think that this is... Um, this is going to be it for him because I think he wants to prove that he can win outside of Belichick. And I think Belichick wants to prove he can win outside of Brady. So it's like both forces are, you know, opposing each other here. I think they're eventually going to split like, um, and then as far as what the Pats could do if Brady leaves, I saw this is a, this is pretty funny, but if it ends up being true, I don't (laughs) think Nate's going to like it, but I saw that. Yeah. Belichick is interested in Andy Dalton potentially if this were if Brady were to leave. I don't know if this is your first time hearing that Nate. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I, he, I quickly he, scrolled past yeah. the Photoshop. Well, Peter um, King, it was from Andy Peter Dalton King, so it was like, jersey. I was yeah. very confused. <laughs> well, Peter King, he's a reliable source, so I, you know, that that caught my attention a little bit. Um, so I don't know what's going to happen. Hopefully we. I kind of want to know it's going to like it's this is going to this feels like a LeBron James situation, honestly, yeah. <laughs> like with the hype around it, all the decision, <laughs> you know, from 2010. But right. I, I just don't know. I don't know. If, uh, and then obviously the Panthers, I mean, the amount of money that they just spent on their new head coach. I'm sure if Brady really wants the bag, you know, Tepper's probably yeah. going to be like, well, here write your own check like you know you could get whatever you wanted from the panthers but um i i don't know i don't know where he's gonna end up i just have a feeling it's not gonna be with the pats and i know i'm in the minority with that because it's 25 percent. but um i don't know like don't you think he would have already said he was gonna come back to new england like that instagram message seemed to be kind of like a ningakwe thing where he was like thank you duval you're always in my heart like you know, it sounds like he doesn't want to be here anymore. <laughs> like it sounds yeah, like the, he played his last game. That's that Instagram message. Maybe it's got a double meaning behind it, but to me, it didn't look good for him coming back. What do you think? The way that I definitely agree. The way he wrote wrote it and like worded things was definitely um, pretty strange. Like the way he said, you know, thank you, and yeah. talked about like you know, thank you for the love you showed me the past two decades. Like it definitely. Sounds like it's not a just this season, you know, thank you, it's, you know, Yeah. more than that. But, I don't know, at the same time, the one thing I've learned from watching the Pats and following them, you know, pretty closely is they don't talk a lot about internal stuff going on. Like, you don't usually, mm-hmm. um, you really don't get a whole lot of, like, other teams, like, you know, like the Jags is kind of a good example. Like, you've had guys like Jalen Ramsey, and, you know, situations like that with, like, big-time players and coaches, that stuff definitely kind of comes out more. And 
you know it's more like confirmed or like like we'll like subfeed each other on Twitter and yeah, Instagram yeah. and stuff. Whereas like the Pats, like there's a whole thing. I gosh, I think it was two years ago, three years ago maybe. We're like, what's what's his face? Um, Seth uh, Wickersham from um, ESPN had a whole report about how you know there was all this beef going on in, the, in um you know. The Patriots organization that Tom Brady hated Bill Belichick because he wouldn't let him have his private uh, oh, yeah, TV12 yeah. Tw- trainer. I don't know if you remember all that, but this was like two, at least two years ago. And there's this whole thing that they all hate each other and all this stuff. And they didn't comment on it at all. But so like the speculation like ran, ran wild. Like we basically had these co- same conversations we're having now about uh, Tom or Bill leaving, you know, two years ago. And they didn't say anything about it, really. Um, they kind of just went out of their business and kept winning football games. And here we are two years later, the, the whole gang um, is together, at least for the moment. So one thing I'll say is, like, and it's kind of, like, you know, hypocritical because we're talking about it right here. Like, we're giving our opinions. But yeah. one thing I will say is, like, personally, I don't put a whole lot into all these sources that are coming out okay. you know, until I hear it from – uh, Tom Brady or Bill Belichick or Robert Kraft themselves, I'm not going to put 100% trust in it. Um, there's yeah. definitely some things you can kind of like infer, like logically, like, you know, he is um, 43, like teams are going to be hesitant to give him a deal, like stuff like that. But um, like I'd say, just be cautious about like what you like buy into with this, because I think like a lot of these stories have tried to come out in the past few years and, um, nothing, at least so far, has uh, really substantiated any of it. So it's like, yeah, it's it's gonna be interesting to see what yeah. finally ends up happening. Like this is one of those things I just like I, I need to know this now. Like you know, it's yeah, gonna... it's, especially because it's tough that they lost the first week of playoffs. So it's like it's still a whole two plus months until free agency starts. So it's like we're gonna be talking about this for a long time. I think. Yeah, no, I, I I definitely think so. This is the first. <laughs> this is the first that we're going to talk about it. And obviously, yeah. if if he does end up, I think if he does, if he ends up signing with the Patriots, it won't be as seen as that big of a deal. But if he like, if he and McDaniel's go to the Browns and then he's starting over Baker, like that is like the story of the off season right there. <laughs> so right, <laughs> uh, that would be a pretty dramatic dramatic thing. Um, yeah. But I'll I'll move on now to to my topics about the NBA. So the first topic is about Kevin Love and that whole situation going on. Um, and then also I'm going to talk because there was a story today also involving the Cavs, not necessarily Kevin Love, but just the Cavs in general. And this right here on the screen for people not watching on YouTube is uh, an Instagram post by Kevin Love where he's got a picture of the Joker from the recent Joker movie, and he's kind of, like, forcing a smile on himself by putting his fingers in his mouth and, you know, making himself grin. And then he put his caption to that was mood, period. So this is definitely a weird thing. I <laughs> I mean, this is it's a weird look to have, and it's, it's a little bit... Um, it's a little bit frightening considering that coming from Kevin Love because 
last season, last last season or two seasons ago, he he him and Demar Derozan or something opened up about like depression or something like that and being depressed about something. So I don't know if this has anything to do with that or if it's about basketball reasons. But with everything going on with Kevin Love, I think it's more about basketball than depression. So I'm not gonna take that. I'm not gonna take like the depression theory on this post, but I'm gonna take more the basketball theory uh, because also there was a video of him, you know, throwing a whipping a, a ball to a teammate in a game. Uh, and when I was looking up that video to show Nate, I saw another video that I hadn't seen before where he just kind of walks on around the baseline, then goes to the bench and he slams his hand on the chair like <laughs> I. I don't know what's going on with Kevin Love. Like he's uh obviously he wants a trade, but if I were him, like just say you want a trade and and then you know just sit out games or something like that. Like he's taking a pretty weird approach to this. Um, <laughs> uh, and it's weird too because he did sign a contract not too recently, or it wasn't that long ago. Like let me look this up. Kevin Love contract. Um. So he signed a four-year extension set to expire at the end of this season with a player option for next season. So he's on a long-term deal. And then, whoops, sorry. Uh, To me, the Cavs need to trade him. And then when you look at potential landing spots for him, I mean, I'm pretty sure if you were to put this up on NBA Twitter every every stand of every player imaginable is going to be like, Oh, I want Kevin Love on my team. Like, you know, they're saying he's yeah. going to come to our team. He's going to come to our team. But, uh, the, the team that I think has been talked about for a long time, him going to is actually the trailblazers. Um, and the reason I, I think this might actually end up happening is because the blazers aren't doing great this season and they are definitely in win mode now in win now mode. So I, I think the Blazers are, are a potential spot for him, and they would have to trade some young pieces and some draft picks. But if and they they signed Melo too, so they're getting to be you know, quite an older team. But uh, and then that's another thing too is the whole Melo thing, where there had been for like two off seasons before that, before he went to the Thunder. Lillard and the Blazers and stuff were always trying to recruit Melo. Like they've always been trying to recruit him with the Thunder, with the Rockets. I think he ended up being traded to the Bulls and then released or something like that. So he he like bounced around from a couple teams he never even played for. But <laughs> it's always seemed like the Blazers were trying to get him to come to them. Then finally they ended up signing him and you know from the streets, but. Kevin Love, it's going to be interesting to see where he goes. I don't think he's a great player anymore. I think he's, you know, aged quite a bit. He's on the back stretch of his career. But whatever team he goes to, I think is going to be interesting because we haven't seen too many, if any, big NBA trades so far this season. Uh, the NFL had a lot more excitement with trades than the NBA, which is weird because usually you see that in the NBA. I saw potential news about uh Carl Anthony Towns going to the Knicks. I saw that story a couple weeks ago. I saw, I saw, um, and I don't know if this is just the Knicks media making a, you know, BS, but I saw them that they were interested in Westbrook in a trade. So, (laughs) 
this I think Kevin Love is going to officially mark the start of trade season for the NBA. It'll be interesting to see who else gets traded after that. Um, but the other, oh yeah, the other uh, Cavs story, and I didn't talk to you about this, Nate, but I don't know if you heard about it. Did you hear about uh, the coach of the Cavaliers calling players thugs today? Did you hear that? I did. Story? Yeah. yeah so what do you, you and he he said that he meant to call them slugs apparently i guess was his yeah. he meant to say that but he said it the wrong way or something and it sounded like thugs i don't what do you yeah. think of that situation man i like i i want to believe him because you know i it doesn't seem like he would say that like i don't know why he would but like it's also very two very different words i know they rhyme and everything but like i don't i i'm gonna give him the benefit of the doubt and i don't think it was a mean-spirited or racist type of uh remark but i mean if it was that's obviously a, a big deal but what do you think uh was the intention behind that yeah i don't know i i didn't get a chance to listen to the audio yeah um i was in like class today so i currently i saw the um article about it but couldn't you know have my volume on uh too loud but i don't know i he seemed sincere that he really you know had a slip of the tongue Mm -hmm. apparently i got a um i saw an article that he had like an emotional like team meeting today and i guess apologized to everybody yeah so it's it sounds like he really didn't mean it i mean playing you try to stay plain like slugs, like that makes sense. Like trying True, to say like yeah. guys aren't, you know, could be trying harder, like hustling more, whatever. And obviously like thugs, there's definitely um a pretty clear like racial like connotation of that. It's came up with like some other um like commentators and people in the yeah. past like yeah. said thugs and people um got all upset about. It. So you'd think you'd be pretty conscious of trying to avoid that. For sure. So I I think it was definitely a mistake. Um, definitely not a great situation to be in, but I don't think he meant anything by it. Yeah, I, I don't know either. And this is all this is really early. This is day one of the story breaking out, so there could be more information by the time you hear this. But just from what we know, I'm I'm gonna give him the benefit of the doubt because I don't think it's I don't think he's had problems, you know, with players before. So I, but it does, it kind of brings me back to the whole, you know, I want like John Beeline, right? That's his name. Yeah. Um, he used to coach or, at Michigan or Baylor. Was, yeah. B, B, yeah. Something with a B. So I don't know but, how to pronounce it. But. Yeah. I don't know how to pronounce it either, but <laughs> he, <laughs> he didn't seem like an NBA type of head coach. Like it, you know, he seemed, it, it seemed like a weird job for him to go to the nba because he seems very like fundamental oriented which is like which is really like a college thing because you you know college kids are going to buy into what you're saying like if you right if you're code there i think they're easier to coach because they're trying to get to the nba they have motivation to do that but when you're already in the nba it's harder to teach fundamentals because like they're already there like they're already they already know how good they are you know it's harder to coach that so to me, I don't know. Like, I don't. I don't think it was a good decision for him to go to the Cavs. And I, this season's obviously wasn't expected to go well. But when you've got the Kevin Love situation going on, he's obviously unhappy with the organization for some reason. I think it's more 
than just winning and losing. I think there's something else going on with the Kevin Love situation, <laughs> by the way he's been acting. But yeah. interesting in stories coming out of the Cavs recently. Hadn't heard too much about them until now, and they're not for good reasons either. No. <laughs> so Sorry for all the Cavs fans listening to this right now, but move on to talk about a former Cav, LeBron James here. So I, I saw the in this game against the Knicks here, the, the score is posted on YouTube right now. And it, they, the Lakers blew out the Knicks a couple of games ago. And you see LeBron played 31 minutes and had 31 points. Obviously, he had a great, great game. And this was the game that he was, quote unquote, sick for, which I, I do believe he was probably sick. But he didn't say with what kind of sickness. He just said he, he was sick. And he played and... He did really well, but to me, I think this is a bad thing because he's playing so many minutes in the fourth quarter in these blowout games. Like, he didn't need to play. If you look at the score by score here thing here, like, he didn't need to play as long as he did in the third in the fourth quarter. But what do you think is going on with LeBron? Do you think he's stat padding? Personally, I do think he's stat padding because I think he's trying to chase Kareem's all-time points record. So... When he saw the Knicks on the schedule, I think he was. I think that in his mind he was thinking, "Let me put up, let me let me play this game for its entirety, basically, because they're the Knicks, they're terrible. Like I can get a lot of points on them." So I put up a poll, and this is pretty controversial. Most polls I put up don't have this amount of uh, attention to them, but 27 votes and. and it was very split. Uh, so 37% said that he didn't stop. 33% said yes, he does, and that it will cost them in the playoffs because of all these minutes wearing up on his body. And then 29.6% said yes, he, he is stat padding now, but it's not going to affect him. So most people here on this poll said that he is stat padding, but the only people that commented were the LeBron stands that said he wasn't stat padding. So this guy right here, Devonte underscore Prime, and then someone else have a, I had a conversation with. Let me pull up some uh, some tweets. Oh, right here. Can't wait to see if I won tomorrow. <laughs> you already won, yeah. man. Like <laughs> we know, uh, we know that you just won. See Chark, but you'll you'll find out one o'clock tomorrow. So I, I can't wait for to see your reaction to to winning this. But let me go through down. Oh, this guy right here, Jordan Copeland. Let me find. Uh, his tweets, uh, man, this guy tweets a lot. <laughs> um, scrolling all the way down. This was early this morning. Oh, here's the pay on thing. Okay, so this is the first one. It, this is what he said to me. If he didn't stat pad, how Heat and Cavs would made the finals last decades. And I was like, this is not a question about the Heat-Cavs, LeBron. This is right now, LeBron. So I don't think he understood that. I don't think he understood it at all. Then he was like, "What kind of ball? What kind of person's gonna take LeBron?" And I'm like, "I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about um, playing in games where the outcome is decided. We know that the Lakers are gonna beat the Knicks. The Lakers haven't lost to any team under 500 this year. They usually blow them out. So I, you know, I, I just don't think he needs to be playing all these minutes. Whereas on the flip side, you've got like Kawhi and Paul George, the, the." Um, the what do you load managing Clippers, you know, like they're doing the opposite approach. They're going to be fresh in the playoffs. I do think it's going to matter. 
I originally had the Lakers in my preseason projection to win the finals, but now I'm leaning toward the Clippers right now based on all the energy LeBron's putting in. Um, what do you think uh, with LeBron playing all these fourth quarter minutes? Do you think it's going to backfire? Do you think he's playing just a stat pad, or or do you think uh, do you think he's not thinking about that? <laughs> um. I haven't sat down and actually watched enough of these games to, like, give a completely, like, you know, or solid answer. But I do think, I do agree with you that there's no reason for him to be playing in the third and fourth quarter against the Knicks when you're already, like, be- blowing them out. Um, I know we kind of talked about load management a while ago, and I'm totally on the side of, um, you know, against load management then is the way they okay. you know they kind of do them now for Kawhi and stuff, but I do think there's a certain point when you have a guy like LeBron who's he's 33 this season I believe, um which 35 pretty, I think 35 yeah so I mean that's pretty yeah. old for you know by NBA standards and if I'm the coach like I'm sure if he is stat padding obviously he's you know talking to the coach and saying put me in um you know lead me in the game. So I know it's a tough position for the coach to be in, but if I'm the coach of the Lakers, I don't want LeBron in, you know, the fourth quarter against the Knicks because first off, there's a chance he gets hurt. You know, you can get hurt. You know, we've seen it with all those guys like Gordon Hayward, um, Paul George, just doing totally like mundane things, and then you you know blow up your knee or you you know break a leg and you're out for a year and a half, like. First, there's that risk, and second, you just don't want all those minutes when you you brought LeBron to L.A. to win a championship. You didn't bring him there to beat the Knicks by 40 points in January. Like, I think, yeah. <laughs> like I don't, I don't I don't like the concept of load management days, but at the same time, you gotta you know really think about it. when you have a star player like that, especially one who is older. You know, he doesn't balance the same way that he did when he came in the league and he was 19. Like. You've got to be responsible with him, and maybe he only scores like 18, 20 points a game. But if you're still winning, you're still going to get the you know number one or two seed in the West, and still got a good shot to win the title. I think that's what you got to be focused on um, for LeBron and the Cavs right now. So, yeah, I can't say for certain if he's stat padding. It definitely seems like it, um, just as an outsider. But yeah, I think he's got to be smart about yeah, um, yeah. I mean, playing some of these games. The, the season's the season's not won, you know, January seventh against the Knicks. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. so we got a long ways to go. We'll see if this ends up backfiring with LeBron. Uh but interesting stuff going on all around. And obviously we're gonna keep a major eye on that Tom Brady decision coming up in the future. But right. we'll wrap this episode up now, guys. Thanks for listening. Uh, congratulations once again to Icy Chark for winning the, the Twitter birthday giveaway. You know, all the words that come along with that. Um, uh, thanks for thanks for entering, man. Thanks for watching our videos and subscribing. Hopefully, uh, hopefully you'll continue to listen to Clutch Crew Sports and all of our all of our podcasters. And I do have an announcement to make. So next week. We are going to come out with our episode again on Tuesday. We'll be talking about the playoffs. Uh, actually, we might do story episode that one. We might do a mix. I'll, I'll have to see. But 
then we are going to be recording an episode next week with Stacy Collier from Collier and Claire Sports Show. So stay tuned for that. It's going to be um, it's going to be their episode. Connor and I are going to join it, and we're going to talk about the AFC and NFC conference championships. So we're going to be guests on their show next week. Only one show coming out of Clutch Crew Sports, but uh, thanks for listening, guys. Nate. I assume you're back in school, right? At, at UCF, have you started I classes am. yet? Okay, yeah. So yeah. Uh, I didn't. My classes don't start until next Monday, so I'm still on winter break. Uh, okay. <laughs> but <laughs> nice. good luck. Good luck to you, man, on this semester uh, with it. your classes. Uh, same to you. Thanks, man. Yeah. So thank you to everybody for listening and watching this, and have a great rest of your day. Yeah. For Eric. Peace.